This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Welcome to the Iron Brew Podcast. Brad Mel, Matt Blanchard, Matt Ellis, and Neil Wright. And joining us today once again is Iron Chairman Peter Swan. So thank you very much for coming on. I, I'm going to start with this one. So I think the last time the fans heard directly from you was, I think it was on our podcast, which if I remember rightly was the day before the season started. So we've done 10 games or so. You're doing this today, Humberside tomorrow. I guess to start with, like, why now? Um, well, you asked me on. <laughs> you know, in, in the end, it's, um, you know, people want to talk to me because the team are bottom of the division, I would have thought, um, and the performances haven't been good enough. Surely you've had, would you have had other offers, surely, though, the last couple of weeks? Maybe not from us, but for Humberside? No, no, not at all. No, this is the uh, the first time anybody's contacted me. So, and, and as I always say, I'm, I'm very happy to come on, uh, especially with you guys. Okay, well, we do appreciate that. With that in mind then, uh, let's go straight into it. As you say, the performances aren't great. Um, it's said that you get a decent idea of where a team's going to end up after 10 games. Obviously, we are bottom of the Football League at this point. Uh, worst goal difference as well. So, the fans are very concerned. So, how concerned are you given the trajectory of the club the last couple of seasons? Um, I think you're always uh, disappointed when you're uh, when you're bottom of the table, whenever that is. And we were last year. Um, you know, I think we were bottom with with five points after twelve games or so, something like that. Um, so you know, it's not as if we've been here before. I think actually we're a little unlucky this year. I think we could have easily had six or seven more points. Um, you know, we we've lost half our games and, and we haven't lost the other half. It's just we've drawn four. So um, I think it's been a difficult few weeks for Neil. Uh, personally, um, and you know that that doesn't help. Um, you know the the club tries to support all of its players and its managers, and and he's gone through a really difficult time. But I am sure um, he'll say that hasn't had an effect on the team. But when you lose your manager and, and your manager um, loses someone close to him like his dad, I, I think it does have an effect on him. And you know the, the club has uh, tried to uh, ensure that everything ran as smoothly as possible, but sometimes that doesn't work. Um, and and I think it's 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 a difficult time. You know, we we've changed a lot of players in the summer. Um, some of those are gelled again. We've had injuries, um, and they all play a part in where we are at this moment in time. But as per last year, um, you know, we have to work our way out of this, and that's exactly what Neil did at one stage to get us enough points on the board to stay up. So um, I'm hoping that we're only ten games in you know, the next 10 games, we've got to do better and, and start to climb the table. Um, obviously, of course, the, the podcast 
um, kind of conveys its deepest condolences to Neil, as, as we did say um, on the previous edition. So, um, you know, it's, it's obviously not been an easy time for the club at the moment, um, but just looking at where we are in the table, and um, obviously we, we've kind of won one of the last 22 games, um, failed to score in 15 of these and scoring just nine goals. Um, and it's been 14 away games since the win. So obviously it's a little bit of um, kind of grim reading um, and, you know, kind of how how have we got to this point? Because um, kind of, I know quite a few Scunthorpe fans were relatively upbeat after the summer. We looked like, you know, we brought in a, a number of uh, pretty good players and, and we thought it was all ticking over nicely. And obviously it's not really kind of, um, you know, planned out as we had hoped. No, it's not. It's not gelled straight away. Um, but that you you can see in some of the games where where we've been quite dominant, but we're not scoring goals. I think losing Ryan uh, for so long, um, you know, up until the weekend uh, was a big blow. You know, at times we were playing, uh, I think, a couple of games with no forwards because they're all injured. Um, you know, COVID has affected us as well. Scrimmy uh, did him for a, for a game or two, um, and it affected Jarvo as well. Um, so. You know, it, it, it's it's not easy, but, you know, you, you don't want to be giving up after 10 games and going, oh, this is a disaster. It, it isn't a disaster. What it is is a difficult start. You know, a couple of wins and we can find ourselves, you know, five or six places up the table and, and that's what we've got to find. I mean, it's not going to be easy. We've, we've got some tough games ahead, but all you've got to do is, is keep your faith in the manager to get it right and um, I'm sure he will. Peter, um Unfortunately, obviously, with the with the embargo, we don't have the safety net of being able to make any changes in January. Is there a possibility the club could pay back the loan early uh, to enable us to make more signings? Or will it be a case of just having to wheel and deal during the window? Um, listen, I mean, players come in and players go out. Um, everybody has to work to, uh, um, to a level of, of um, uh, budget. And, and to be honest, our budget is consummate with what we turn over as a football club. In fact, it's not now um, under SCMP. And, and remember, we've changed from SCMP to uh, uh, what was basically a salary cap back to SCMP. It hasn't been easy for a lot of clubs. It hasn't been easy for us. Um, but our budget at the minute is consummate with what we're bringing in. You know, at, we're, we're only allowed to use 50% of what we turn over um, as our budget. So you can imagine that as a small club, um, the less people that turn up and, and the less we have over the turnstiles or, or through um, all our, our food and beverage and, and our match day hospitality, if that doesn't come in, it reduces what we can spend anyway. I don't really think it's had a huge effect on us and who we can buy. I don't think there's a lot of players out there who are available. Most have gone into non-league. Most are getting two grand a week, even three and a half grand a week at non-league clubs who have a completely different financial setup there. They can virtually spend what they want. So, you know, it, it is difficult. A lot of League Two players have gone down there. There isn't a lot left. I think we've got a good squad. I, I think uh, Neil had a good summer and I think he brought the right players in. We're just being affected by injuries. I'm sure he'd like Kenyon uh, to have been fit and ready. And, and you know, we've, we've had him for, what, half a game or a game. So, um Listen, in, in January, I'm sure some players will go out and sure some players will come in and we'll do our best. And if we need to spend, we'll spend within what we can afford as a football club. You've mentioned those injuries already and players being hampered. So we're already obviously thinking about January. So are we are we looking around? Have you identified players already that we're hoping to bring in? I, I, I haven't had anything to do with that. I, I've left it to Neil for the last year um, to, to find the players that he wants to bring into the football club. 
I am sure they are working hard to identify anybody that we can get in in January, which might help us to go forward and to work on the ones that we'd like to give deals to now, um, you know, so we can carry them through into next year. And there's a lot of work going on behind the scenes, as it always does. Um, and um, hopefully, you know, we won't have to make too many changes. I, I just think we need to get the right combination on the field. Um, you know, we've looked good with three at the back, then we haven't. Then we look good with four at the back and we haven't. It, it's not far away. And, and I think Neil will get the best out of these in the next uh, dozen or so games. You mentioned there that the team is now Neil's. Uh, obviously, he's been able to shape the squad and he's had quite a while to do that now, given you know he had all of last season and, and the summer as well. Um, and he made quite a point saying that these were the right characters for the football club and, and you know, they were they were going to um, give the role and, and fight every match. And then, you know, fast forward to yesterday, he's maybe questioning the passion that some of the players are showing. Um, is that a concern? For me, that is a concern because he, he's, he said that they're the right characters and now he's starting to question that they are the right characters. And he's kind of maybe in his interviews, um, they're basically sounding as they were last season when you know we were going through that tough time last season. Um, and then I suppose yeah, you've, you've sort of mentioned that you think that the players we've signed are, are up to the, the level. Um, do you think that everyone that we brought in at the in the summer is up to the level? Um, because you know, recent evidence I think I think probably suggests that there may be one or two that aren't. I think probably Neil's the best one to ask for that. I mean, listen, um, obviously not if we haven't got enough points on the board. It, it does look like maybe some of those players weren't good enough, but maybe some of them are. They, they've just not been um, available every week. Uh, maybe they're not been, their position has been competitive as we have at left back and right back now. I think Neil had one, maybe two for every position, pretty much so, right the way through. I mean, losing obviously... Um, our keeper at the beginning of the season um, uh, and Rory coming in. Well, I think Rory's done done quite well, actually, since he's come in. I don't think he's done a huge amount wrong. Um, keepers always get blamed for, for a lot of goals, but I think he's done generally OK. Um, you know, you, you look at the injuries we had right at the beginning um, and things that are happening behind the scenes with some of the players, you know, um, it, it we need to get him in the right frame of mind. And, and, you know, when you talk to Neil, he's a very passionate man. He's a passionate manager. And he will say how he how he feels it, and if he feels that they're not giving their all, or that there's a little bit more to have, he's got enough players in that squad to move it round now. I mean, we brought on two experienced lads in the second half, um, in Bunny and uh, Miles, and and uh, and I think you know the young ones that have had their chance now need to have a look at look at themselves, and if if they haven't kept the shirt, why haven't they kept the shirt? And they need to work a little bit harder. And I'm sure Neil's going to work them as hard as he can in training to get the best out of them. I think just just picking up on something you mentioned there, a couple of the young players. I mean, for one player for me this season who played really well um, is Tom Pugh, and he's not been in the squad in recent weeks. And I know it's again, it's probably a, a question for the manager, but as fans, when we see in a player play really well and then obviously find himself on the on the bench, and I know he's had a little injury as well, but um, between that injury and, and being dropped, he was fit. Um, you know, the the comments that there's there's not enough passion being shown, things like that, um, start to kind of wear a little bit thin when we've, we've got a passionate player who, who gives his all for the club and, and he's been dropped out of the squad. Yeah, I don't I don't think he's been dropped out of the squad. I, I think you'll find that he had a um I think he had an ankle injury. Um he's got an ongoing little bit of a niggle and he had a swollen knee at the weekend. So I think it's more us looking after him than anything for the long term. Um, you know, like Pewy, I think I think Pewy's very versatile and, and and a good player, but 
you know, the last thing we need to do is play him when he's not 100% and lose him for the rest of the season because that seems to be what happens to us. We we bring a few players back a bit too early uh, and we lose them for weeks. Um, and we're not willing to do that with some of these players. And, um, you know, we're hopefully he'll be back in the fray um, this week and training and, and hopefully back in the squad in the coming weeks. You know, again, um, Neil, I think, has stated that, that, you know, it's injuries that, that keep a lot of these lads out and, and we are trying to manage the squad as best we can. It's not a small squad. You know, I think we've got 26, 27 players, which isn't a small squad. Um, and we're trying to manage it the best we can. Just on um, Tom Bilson there, Peter, um, yeah. do we know what, what's the current state of his injury? Um, he might be back with us before Christmas, but he won't be able to play until January. Um, it's it's because of the, uh, the squad numbers that we're allowed in the over twenty ones, um, and um, you know that that is. I, I don't think he'd be back until December anyway. So actually, January's uh, looking good for him. Um, I think you'd have to confirm that with um, uh, with Neil. Given that that's a relatively lengthy injury, did the club look to maybe kind of you know sort of like come to an agreement to end that loan and bring somebody else in, or is that not something we could have done under the embargo? Uh, we've worked with him. We've worked with commentary on it. Yes, we 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 certainly have worked um, with his parent club, and uh, we came to an agreement. So, um, you know, we're happy to to have come to the agreement we did with him. And um, and Rory's been uh, uh, a good substitute, if not you know a genuine contender for first first team keeper anyway. Peter, um, you've been noticeably absent from the games this season, and I appreciate football chairman of other commitments. Um, but it's been perceived that you're no longer interested in the club and it's been viewed as a lack of leadership. Can I ask you, are you still interested and what plan do you have, obviously, at this moment in time to keep the club in the Football League? I, yeah. I, I, don't, know, I don't know why you would think that. I mean, I've missed a few home matches because of uh, prior commitments. It's just how it, you know, most of these were booked in... Um, sort of May, April, May time uh, before we got the fixtures out this year. It's just one of those things where it falls, you know. In the end, I'm chairman of the club. I support the club and I, I promote it wherever I go and I continue to do that. I continue to lead with a passion. I have a CEO which runs the football club on a daily basis. Um, and if I'm not at the match, then usually my wife or one of my sons is, are at the match. So, you know, me not being there doesn't doesn't change anything. You know, I, I still have the passion to go forward. I've looked after this club since it's came since it came down it's been difficult through covid but we've managed it still put my hand in my pocket to cover the losses we had in year 1 year 2 i'm still covering everything else and i suppose by the way things are happening this year um with nearly a third of our fans not turning up for one reason or another that um i'm going to have to cover that as well so no i'm still here i'm still trying to secure the safety of the football club and the security we are debt free we don't owe anything even the fl loan that came in has been covered by myself um so nothing's changed just because i'm not there and i'm doing something else doesn't doesn't mean i don't care um and i'm probably one of the few chairmen who spends a huge amount of time at the football club certainly up until the beginning of this year so what plan do you have to save the football club peter I've just told you, might continue to support it in the way I have done. Um, you know, in the end, um, you guys want wanted me to step away and, and let the manager and everybody take a hand. I've done that, uh, but I'm still in the background. I'm, I'm still putting money into the football club. Um, I don't see what else I can do um, to 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 um, convince anybody that that I'm I'm still 
confident that this club will be a league club next year. It's we're ten games in. You know, we if if we all sort of panic now, we'll we'll be in a mess. And I certainly am not one to panic, regardless of how people perceive me. And I will go on supporting the manager and supporting the football club through this season. How long realistically can we give the management? Um, you know, if this run continues, and obviously. Um, you look at Matt mentioned earlier the stats and and the you know one win in twenty two something like that and obviously that's been going on now for a couple of seasons. Um, you know when is the is the right time if we do need to make a change? You know perhaps the last throw of the dice. Um, you know how long can you give it? I think it's a really difficult question, isn't it? I th- I think um, you know what w- what would you give it? Uh, you know in in the end. I've got to make a decision at some time in a season with regards to a manager. You know, the the season we ended up third bottom, I didn't change the manager. The two teams that went down changed their manager. So, you know, for me, um, by standing by Coxie, we stayed up and by standing by Coxie, we'll stay up again. I have to do my best. Yes, it's not a it's not a great figure, one in 22. You know, it isn't. It's not great. A lot of those have been draws, I think. I, I, don't, I, haven't, I haven't got the stats in front of me. And we could have turned a lot more of those into wins. Uh, and even some of the defeats were a little bit galling. Um, we just have to be better. We have to be better defensively and we have to start scoring some goals. And, and you know, we need to get our strikers back fit. And once they're back fit, you know, hopefully we can start doing that. You mentioned the goals there. I mean, it's a consistent problem, isn't it, for Scunthorpe over the years? And we've seen it. Yes, there's injuries to the players and hopefully those players are going to come back in. But it's an awful lot to sort of pin the hopes on on those that are, that are out at the minute. I mean, you know, what is the plan long term, you know, from the management or, or wherever else to actually get this team scoring again? Um, I, I'm, I'm sure every day uh, they're training there, you know, they, they're working with the forwards. It's just that we haven't had them fit. Um, you know, these, these last few seasons have been difficult for forwards. Um, you know, it, it isn't been easy to find a good forward coming up through the ranks. It is really difficult now. Um, you know, it's, it's hard to bring in um, forwards and then they get injured and then you're not scoring goals and then the pressure on them is coming out. I mean, Tyrone wasn't fit at the weekend. We've only just got Lofty back. And, you know, there are two main strikers. You, you can't have, you know, six or seven strikers in a football club, certainly at our level, uh, that are all going to score goals. Um, bringing in Scrimmy in, hopefully will do the job. And Jarvis is certainly working hard enough, even though he might, you know, struggle a little bit. There, there's certainly four of them there without going any any further. So, you know, and, and Geordie's back and he's been injured as well. So there are five strikers and there should be enough goals in them. Um, you know, but... Sometimes you go through this spell and we've done it before and we've got to come out the other end and, and hopefully Coxie will have a look at what happened last time and how we got out of it and, and start to work towards um, uh, getting these three points that we need in each match. Yeah, I think, you know, obviously we've had a few problems with strikers and injuries and things like that. I think that's fair to say. But you look at sort of the stats and I know a lot of people focus on expected goals as kind of a big stat, um, you know, whether a team's going to do well in a season. I think if you look at it from open play, we're, we're bottom of, um, you know, the division at the moment. Um, so that kind of suggests that the, there are other problems as well. It's not just that the strikers aren't finishing the chances, it's that the, the chances aren't actually being created. Um, I think the Tranmere game, obviously, we, we created a lot, but since then we, we've created very little in games. Um, you know, 
I know it's difficult with, with sort of players out and missing things like that, but do you think that the formations, obviously we, we've played the three at the back, we've played the four at the back, um, we've got beasting on the left wing at times. I don't know, for me, it just seems that it's maybe stifling us a little bit because we, we've not got any genuine width at the moment. I know Green's kind of been in and out, um, been, been missing for a few weeks. Um, but yeah, I just think for, for me, um, it's, it's maybe not just the strikers. I think there's other areas of the pitch that we may be lacking a little bit as well. Yeah, absolutely. I think when you lose the two wingers that you brought in to do the damage this year in Bunny and, uh, and Dev, yeah, absolutely. Um, but I'm sure, you know, with, with Bunny coming on at the weekend and uh, and Dev back soon, you know, I, I, I honestly think that it is, we've, we've had to patch up the squad quite a bit. You know, it, it hasn't been easy. Um, you know, we, we lost money for a game because he got sent off. And the game we got sent off wasn't great for us. You know, I mean, all of this is sort of, married up and I mean maybe we should have saw it at the first game of the season with the, with the standard of the referee and in that first game and the way we lost it with the two pens I mean if you haven't got your whole squad available you are going to find it difficult in this division and in any division um, because you can't have 30 odd players uh, all of the same standard it's absolutely impossible so we are going to be hurt if we lose our major players um, I'm just hoping now I can see a little bit of light at the end of the tunnel with um uh, with the medical reports that a lot of these are coming back now and it will be up to the manager to try and uh, get the formation and, and get the strikers, you know, working hard with, with a couple of quality wingers. Our quality into the box hasn't been good enough. We need to improve that. But it's all stuff that can be seen and can be improved. You know, I do think these players can do it. Um, it's just we need to get that sort of going in the next sort of four or five games, I think. Uh, this season, the club has, has kind of lost around a third of its fans um, on match days at the Sands venue um, through the gate, um, which obviously is being kind of um, noticeable. I mean, you can kind of see on, on highlights, if you've not been to the game, the kind of gaps in the in the terrace end, which is obviously a little bit worrying. Um, why do you think this is at the moment? And also, you know, what else can the club do to get fans through the gate, if not, um, you know, with the results on the pitch? Yeah, I, I I don't think it's just the results on the pitch. I I think um, we, we're still going to be suffering from from COVID, people losing people and people losing jobs, and I, I do think that's an issue. We're we're actually as a club um, uh, putting out a survey to find out why these people aren't coming. You know, if it, if it's just down to the football, there's not really a lot we can do. That we need to improve the results, but I don't think it's just down to the football. I, I think certainly the things that are happening in the world and, and in our country at the minute are, are not. Con- conclusive to to actually getting everybody through the turnstile. I don't think getting 3,000 people through the turnstile is going to happen at the minute. Um, but we're going to find out. We're working on that at the minute. And uh, my CEO and uh, and her team are, are working on to just uh, get a survey out and try and find out why those people aren't coming. I'm sure there's a few who, who, who can't be bothered because we're not doing very well. That, that happens in every club. But um, to lose a third... Um, <laughs> Yeah, exactly. To lose a third um, of, of our income is 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 hard to amass, to be honest. I mean, what if the the results of the survey say that you know fans are not coming because of because of yourself and the fact that you're still at the club? Well, get somebody else in. You know, if that's exactly what they want to do, I don't think that's the case. I think there are certain people who have always had it in for me, and, and there you go. I can't do any more than put money in. I don't take anything out of the club at all. Every transfer that we've ever had has gone back into the club. Um, you know, I've paid for a lot of players over the last seven or eight years, you know, good money for them. Um, never got that back. 
I've just written off 11, over 11 million pound in, in, in loans. That's off. Um, you know, I have 8 million in shares. You can see my full commitment to the football club is, is absolutely 100%. If somebody want, if the fans want to take over the club and buy my shares and run it, they can. Um, it's not easy. You know, if anybody else wants to come in and run it then and, and want to buy my shares, they can have it for that. I'm not, I'm not hiding here. I'm happy to be at Scunthorpe. I enjoy being a, uh, the chairman of the club and I work damn hard to try and make it work. But there's a lot of people who, who spout lies out there and, and have no facts to back them up. But, um, you know, they use the media and the media outlets to, uh, to chastise me when actually all I've done is put money into the football club. Never took a penny out. All I've done, I never get anything for my time. I put everything into this football club. So if somebody else wants to do exactly the same, um, then good luck to them. But um, I don't think you'll find somebody at the minute. And it's down to me to make sure we get through this difficult time, whether that's because of my my fault, fair enough. I'll put my hand up, but I'm still here trying to sort it out. Or whether it's just by bad management choices, players not performing. Um, you know, I seem to have to take that on, on the chin even when I step away. So um, I'm still here. I'm still working hard. And, I, and I'll still um, put Scunthorpe first um, uh, every week when I'm when I'm trying to get things right. In terms of, of doing things differently, Peter, we can see down the road that Grimsby have had a little bit of a resurgence um, after being relegated. They're getting kind of 6,000 on their gate at the moment and they seem to be doing really well. He's, and obviously they've had a little bit of a change in leadership. You know, the fence is left, hasn't he? So um, kind of what, what, what can we do differently? Because they've obviously looked at it from a different angle um, and they seem to be getting it right at the moment. And, and obviously every Scunthorpe fan, um, you know, would love to see a similar resurgence at their own club. Listen, don't you dare put me in the same hold as Fenty. I'm, I'm a completely different character. Put a huge amount of money into this club. If somebody wants to come in and spend the same sort of money at Scunthorpe, then um, you know I'd step aside straight away. If I thought somebody else could come in and do a better job and put more money into the club, then I would step aside. Um, that isn't the case at the minute. And um, you know I have to work hard at doing that. With all due respect, we're a football league club. Grimsby aren't. Um, you know, if, if going down and playing non-league is, is what Scunthorpe want to do, then... You know that's not the club I've I've come to to work with. I've come to work with a club uh, to try try to get in the champ. I missed out by four points with a three million pound budget against twelve and ten million. I think we had a fantastic few years. Really did put a lot of effort into it. Sometimes it backfires and sometimes it doesn't. But thank God it backfired, and I still was here to make sure that the club is at a break even now. No debt, no chance of going under. All we've got to do is get it right on the field. I think one thing that. Um... Obviously, it's, as annoyed fans, is the whole stadium ownership, and, and I know we've spoken about that in the past. Um, in terms of the lease, has that been registered with the land registry at this moment in time? No, there's 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 a lease at the minute, but we don't need to do anything with that lease. All the land ownership has done is enabled us so that we can um, start developing the stadium, working on the east stand, and working on the car parks, and working on a new training pitch. So, all that's done is released that. It was in my company anyway. I've just been honest enough to say that we're moving it from this to this to make sure that we can get the funding. No one is going to fund anything whilst it's attached to a football club. It is still very much part of my company's. It's a subsidiary of um, Cool Silk, which is my company. It's the same. It's not changed. The only thing that has changed is the, the vehicle I'm using to make sure we can get the funding to start some of the work that we need to get on with. So... Whatever people think, they don't understand the business side of things. It's a business decision. It's got nothing else. 
The club. Well, I always said that when I leave, the club would have its stadium and have and have its land, and it will have. There won't be a problem with that. I always said that it would never be worse off than when I came. I said that before I found out how much I had to pay to actually clear the debt that was already owed to the previous chairman on an overdraft and the shortage in the in the uh, budget of that first year. I put over four and a half million into this club within eighteen months to clear the debt and get it to zero. So you know. I've done what I could. If everybody thinks that it was rosy when I came in, it wasn't. And, and all I've done is put the club on a better footing. And I'll leave it on a better footing anyway when I decide to leave. Let me just go to um, some on-the-pitch things again then. Well, actually, no, forget that. I'm going to come back to this. You you mentioned there that everything about getting the, uh, the the ground in, the new facilities, everything like that. It, it was all very much the long-term plans and you've talked about going to the championship, you know, trying to get there. And I agree with you. We did, you know, we had a lot of, you know, good times actually, I think, in that time. At the minute, with it being where we are and you're saying here that you're confident that we will be Football League again next season, it's been similar for the last two years and yes, that uh, two or three years. And yes, that might be a result of we gave it a good go for the championship, but you know, and then it, there's going to be repercussions of that. Long term, though, what is the plan? Is it just going to be a case of we're going to have similar seasons for the next, you know, four or five years? Is there a strategy in place that will, I do, I guess, in a way, be more than just break even, if you like? Um, you know, the, the club has to survive on its income. So we have to improve the income in the football club. And that's what I want to do. You know, we, we have got a lot of work to do. We continue to do it. COVID put a massive stop on everything for 18 months, probably nearly two years. And it is difficult to bounce back from that and invest. Um, you know, we it was unfortunate that we went down. We, we were 48 hours from signing a contract with a contract to build the new stadium. You know, that's how a £35 million stadium on the Lincolnshire Lakes, we were shafted. You know, we were. if I'd have signed that contract, we would have been on the middle of nowhere. Everybody's seen that the roundabout's only just been finished, you know, for the last six months. It's only just been accepted. We would have been in such a mess. So I had to step away. That cost me a lot of money, a lot of money that the council cost me. You know, and then we had to bounce back from that. And it's not easy bouncing back from that, but I've got full planning on our stadium and I've got some outline planning for other items on our road. We can now build a slip road um, to help with the traffic flow off the park because that's a nightmare, as we've always known since day one. Um, not having one road getting out of Scunny is horrendous. So we're now working on a slip road, which will go on to the dual carriageway, which it is now, not the M180, which will help the traffic throw, flow through the retail park. It gives us other opportunities as well to improve what we've got there, improve the stadium, improve the facilities. And that's what we're going to do. You know, I, I can't say any more of that. On the pitch, I've just got to hope that the manager makes the right decisions. We buy the right players and, and we have the, the right bit of luck. I don't think we're that far away. This year. We haven't been, you know, apart from even the Newport game, we haven't been totally demolished in those 10 games. We, we've looked half a decent team in, in a lot of those games and we just need a little look. And we need the, the manager to pick the right team and get it out on the field and get them playing football. Um, that all links into uh, a good feeling. And then we can start doing the other stuff, which we actually will start beginning soon. Um, and trying to make the club a little bit more prosperous because we can't survive on 3,000 fans. We can't do it. There are 12 clubs in non-league who are bigger than us. You know, there are clubs down there who would love to change places with us. 
you know, um, and we don't have to name them. You, you, everybody knows them. So, you know, and there's even clubs in actually in the National North, someone like York, I mean, you know, who were a league club not long ago. So we're in, we're a league club. Fans should just sort of downgrade their hopes at the minute because of COVID and our relegation. And we have to build up, but we're going to build up sensibly. I'm not going to overspend. I'm not going to risk the football club. We're going to do it properly. And it might take us a couple of years to do that. And then hopefully when we've got a bit of strength, we can invest again and have a go. Um, there's lots of things changing in the EFL. I, I, you don't even know what financial system they're going to play next year. We don't even know which teams this year are going to be in financial trouble. You know, we, we've seen it at the top level. We've seen some of like Derby needs 70 million before they owe 28 million to the tax man. You know, how is that being allowed to happen? Our, our governing body needs to have been better. And it, it's, it's all right saying, well, yeah, they're hitting it out of the way, but they need to be better and they need to look after the teams in the lower divisions. Peter, how have yes. we got to this situation where once again we find ourselves languishing at the bottom of League Two? With, we're just not good enough. We're no just not fans good enough in the but yeah, but no, I, I, can't, I can't force I can't force the fans to come into the stadium. If the fans want to support their football club, they come and support their football club. Whatever, whether win, draw, or lose, this this club has a three thousand, three and a half thousand fan base. <laughs> I don't ask for any. I've never asked. Even when we were doing well, we only got four and a half, Neil. So I'm having to work with that and I'm having to, you know, pay every week to to back up the fact that we haven't got those fans coming in. You know, we are here where we are at the minute because we've not been good enough on the field, whether that's a manager's fault or the player's fault or combination of all of that and the combination of COVID and injuries. That's where we are. But we're only 10 games in. We, we can get ourselves out of this with one win or two wins and we'll be up three or four places. So I'm not going to press the panic button. Neil's got a job to do and he'll go out there and do it as best he can. And hopefully he can pick himself up over the coming weeks and we can start to get the results. It's not going to be easy when you look at our got Rotherham away, Forest Green at home, and I think Harrogate away. I mean, you know, it's, it's not easy. They're not easy games. Um, but, you know, in three games time, if we've lost them, everybody will be shouting for his head. It's not the way to go. We, we have to stick by him and there'll be a moment in time where either it's done, it's happened or it's not happened. And, uh, you know, as a chairman, then I have to make whatever decision is best for the football club. But that is not now. Let's let's just go back to the, the fans then for a second, because I, I would agree with you. I, I think a bit of a turnaround in performances on the pitch, then I think you will get a few coming back. But as you say, even when we were doing well, we were only pulling sort of 4,000. You know, it, it's difficult to attract fans down here. But as you've already mentioned in this interview, it's obviously something that's very important to, you know, to the, well, not survival, but the sustainability of this club, you know, given that we need the revenue, the turnover, everything like that. You've mentioned the the survey and I presume, you know, the club will act on the findings of that. But is there a play, you know, is there a plan beyond that to just attempt to do something to encourage the fans back in that maybe staying away? Because we can't, you know, guarantee that performances are going to turn around because, as we've already said, it's a hard run of games coming up. And also, you know, League Two, it's not it's not conjunctive to, uh, you know, nice football, really, is it? In general, it's a hard league to play in. I, I th- yeah, I think I think all the leagues are different, aren't they? In in the context, I think League One is probably one of the, the toughest leagues now um, out there um, with the money that's still flying around. There's a lot of teams in there who spent millions extra this year. Uh, there's a lot of teams in our division who spent over and above what they should have spent, but that won't come to the fore just yet. Um, 
my my focus is making sure that the club can still survive through these um, sort of barrenish times when there's there's less fans coming through and less income, and we're just at the you know we've only just come out of furlough. There's a lot of things happening with them. Um, with hospitality trade, where it's difficult to get people in. Um, fortunately for us, we've got a great chef in to replace our other chef. Um, but the hospitality business is tough, um, and you know, and just getting people in jobs is, is difficult at the minute. And, and as a football club, um, you know, that's a, that's a big part of what we've tried to keep going. You know, we've tried to keep everybody on board at the football club, and we've done that up to now. Um, what we need to do is to make sure that we have the right solution. Um, for a club that only has 3,000 supporters and um, that will be a smaller budget and, you know, utilising our academy and bringing the young players through. And they are starting to come through. Um, and it, But it's not easy to blood them in League Two. So what do we do? You can't blood them in the National League, you can't blood them in National North. So you've got to throw them in at the deep end and, uh, and sometimes that doesn't work for you. Um, but you've got to try it and you've got, you've got to go down that route. And we are still going down that route and we will hopefully start to bring some of our players through. Uh, we'll still invest in the academy um, and I still want to improve our training facilities. So, you know, if you can't take any positiveness out of that from my point of view, then it's, it's going to be difficult to, for me to sway anybody's mind. But I'm here working hard um, and want to do the right thing for the football club. I, I can't do anything about how we play on the pitch. All the results, I can't guarantee anything. Um, you know, it, it's not it's not easy at the minute, but we will get through it and we'll be fine. So, Peter, if we've still not, say five games and hence, we've still not managed to scrape a win, how much longer is Neil going to keep his job? I, I, I don't think I could answer that, Neil. I think it's complete, completely unfair on, on Coxie and, and, and certainly unfair on me because... I've never ever done that. I've never given any ultimatum. Coxie had a long term, um, res- you know, a, a long term job description, and, and that's what we're planning. Um, I'm hoping now, after ten games in, um, we start to stabilise ourselves and we, and we start to get uh, the formation we want on the pitch, what he wants on the pitch, and the players playing. You know, he he has to step up, uh, and so do the players. Um, they all do. We need to stop making mistakes. We make silly mistakes. I, I think up until the weekend, I don't think we conceded a goal in the first 40 minutes in the league. Up until the weekend. Um, which, And then, of course, we've been conceding in the last five minutes of the half-time. So there's a bit of a concentration, a mental, uh, a mental weakness there, which we need to strengthen ourselves on. Um, and even in the Newport game, you know, we probably should have scored the first goal there. And then the game's very, very different. Um, there have been moments like that in every game. So... You've got to grasp onto that and think that we can do well. Um, and that's what I need to do. And that's how I'll support my manager in the football club. Uh, this week, obviously, the uh, tribunal for John McAtee um, was held. Obviously, we, we understand that um, the club's not going to make a comment on sort of fees and things like that. But um, what's your kind of overall, are you happy with, with the result or not? Um no, I don't think you're ever happy with the result, um, you know, of a, of a transfer of a player you gave uh, an opportunity to. But um, we got a figure and all that money came into the football club and stayed in the football club. We got a sell on um, and, um, you know, good luck to him. We move on now, you know, it is it is what it is. He's obviously doing well at the moment at Grimsby. Uh, didn't quite work out for him last year under Cox. Is there any kind of particular reason, do you think, for that? Or, you know, is he, is he just, well, he's is he just play, like he's playing first? Oh, he's playing in non-league, isn't he? You know, he's better than that. We all know he's better than that. 
Um, maybe he just worked well under Hurstie and Doidy. But remember, they didn't play him for, for months when he first came to the club. So, listen, a player drops down to that level. He's got to perform. Um, I would think that if Maka was playing in our team now, he'd be picked every week, you know, undoubtedly. Um, we tried to keep him. We, we made him offer. But, you know, like I said, non-league um, financial fair play is very different to ours. And they can, you know, they can spend fortunes. Teams, teams spending two and three million pounds, you know, in non-league to get out of there. There's the big gamble. Um, and, and that's the problem when they're taking all the best players from the lower leagues. You, you, what you've got left is you have to blood youngsters and you have to bring in some young uh, loan players. And that's not ideal. Um I don't know how many. If you if you told me now, could I name three strikers that are available now who are over twenty eight in our division? I don't know if I could name three at the minute that are available and they weren't playing in national league. Um, that's the difficulty. Um, it's, it's it's the dream that they're fighting for in the lower leagues, and um, that is affecting us at the minute uh, drastically. To be honest, in League Two. Just Peter, on, sorry, Matt, go on. Sorry, Neil. Go no. Go go ahead. Peter, when obviously the fans are not going to be happy on the ground developments until we see you or somebody stick a spade in the ground. When are we likely to see that, do you think? Um, I'm hoping pretty soon. I mean, we've just come out of the, the financial issue that we had with regards to lenders. I mean, 18 months ago, everybody was ready to lend money. Uh, we were ready to go. Um you, you, you know, everything was ready on the finance. And then we got hit by COVID 18 months later. There's a different scenario out there. They're, they're not willing to, to just throw money at, um, at people. But um, I'm hoping that certainly uh, within the coming uh, month, uh, we will be able to announce um, some positive news on the developments in and around the stadium. So uh, it's, um, it's not been easy to do that, you know, and as you know, all my business is in hospitality. Uh, fortunately, we got out of retail at the right time, but hospitality has been hit hugely by it. And, uh, you know, it's delayed my hotel in, in Blackpool. Uh, it's not just COVID, but other issues have delayed that, which haven't been ideal. And, um, you know, most most chairmen have other businesses, and uh, I'm afraid mine have been hospitality and been absolutely battered cash flow-wise. Um, and cash flow is king if you keep a football club going. So it's not been easy. Uh, we are where we are with it, and we're working very, very hard to make it make it work and uh, keep us on a, a level playing field. And um, yeah, let's let's hope in the. No, I'm more positive that in the next uh, three or four weeks we've been able to make an announcement on um, on where we're going with the development around the ground. If I'm correct, I think the planning runs out next July. So you're hoping that something something would happen. Obviously, not sure what exactly, but something would happen before that date. Yeah, Neil's going to run out and put a spade in the ground, and that'll be the start of the development. I'll get my taxi up from where he is. But uh, no, we're um, yeah, Neil we, Cox, got... obviously not me. Neil Cox, <laughs> Neil Cox of course, yeah, uh, Golden Spade. Um, anyway, um, yeah, listen, uh, July for the outline, and then the following year for the full planning on the stadium. The stadium contains lots of uh, provisions in there for, for many, many uses. So uh, yeah, it's it's unfortunate that we've we've been through what we've been through, but we're still here and we're still having a go at it. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, you've, you've got to blame COVID for 18 months of it. Uh, before that, um, you know, we were ready to go. Um, but uh, I'm glad, to be honest, that we didn't start and we were committed to contracts because I think we would have been even worse positioned than we are at the minute. So um, it is, we've been dealt the cards in front of us. We will now go out and, and start to work on, uh, on the ground and, and improving the facilities as soon as we can. 
Is the plan, though, still the same? I know you've mentioned the COVID and then the delay for 18 months. In that time, has it changed slightly in terms of what you're actually planning to do with the redevelopment, or is it all still the same? A couple of things have changed. Obviously, the the downgrading of the uh, M180 to a dual carriageway has changed. As I said earlier, we're we're putting plans together to put a slip road on, which will change the access in and access out from the ground. It means people will be able to get out of the ground easier and quicker, so they might enjoy their day a little bit more. Um, We're looking at some um, um, new food outlets and beverage outlets. We'd love to have a a fan food village outside rather than inside the stadium because we're limited inside space. Um, there's lots of things that we're going to change and work on, um, and I'm more confident to do that now. Now we're out of um, out of all these issues in the last 18 months. Um, it would be a lot easier if the football club were doing really well on the pitch, but they aren't. But I can't let that affect what I'm doing outside of that. And um, you know, we're working hard to, to move that forward. And, and like I say, hopefully in the in the coming three or four months, you'll you'll start to see some things change as things move forward. Uh, you mentioned there actually about the uh, the food outlets and things like that. Uh, just reminded me that obviously we trialled one as a club recently at one of the home games. I uh, had the the chip van come in, and was was that deemed a success when that was in? I know the club have, have advertised for potentially bringing some more in on maybe on a game by game basis. Yeah, I think so. I think it was successful. I, I don't think we made a lot out of it because I don't. I think it was more of a test for us really. Um, I'd, I'd like to put a. A, a more extensive food offering outside of the stadium because then you're not going to worry about all the power outages with, uh, you know, you can have your chips and you can have your noodles and you can have, you know, you can have whatever you want. There needs to be a wide range. And I, I think, you know, certainly that will happen going into next season. Um, I, it has to improve, doesn't it? We, we, we can't carry on as we are. The, the stadium has needed improving. Um, it's not ideal that we've had to put planning on it to do it that way. I thought we'd move into a bigger, better stadium, but that hasn't happened. And and I've got to work now on uh, what I've got in front of me. Um, and hopefully I can change that and make it a better experience on a match day for people. But uh, you know, remember when I first came in, we didn't change any prices for nearly five or six years. So, you know, we have got the fan at heart. We, we do want them to experience a value for money um, match day uh, experience and, and we've tried to do that and I think we succeeded in that in the first five or six years just been a, a little bit difficult in the last two I think I read somewhere just in regards to sort of like the fan village and, and food outlets outside the ground I think I read that the club had received some funding for that last season would that still be valid or, or would we have to apply for that again uh, I'm, I'm not too sure on the funding side of things. Um, all I know is that we were we were looking. I think we might have got funding for the original plan and idea. So, um, but whatever funding was available then will be available again if if that's what we can uh, you know, achieve. Uh, if we can get some funding, that's even better. Um, and um, but the main thing is we we need to improve our facilities. And and the best way to do it, I think, first of all, is is get people uh, eating at the ground, but not necessarily in the ground. Um, so half time, there could be some offerings, you know, tea, coffee, um, maybe some light snacks and that, but before and after, um, you can eat, um, in a different environment, you know, the iron bar is not big enough for, for everybody. So we can't do anything there. Um, so it's the ideal opportunity for us to work, work forward. Just had a couple of comments coming in. Um, there's one that keeps popping up on, on social media. Not sure if you've seen it, but there's a bit of a rumor of, um, some Chinese interest in the club. Um, just wanted your, your opinion on that. Is is there anything in that, or um, is that load rubbish? Well, it's the first I've heard of it, and I'm only the chairman, so uh, it's um, no, no, not that I know. 
I think uh, we'll probably wrap up here, actually. Um, I do just have one to end with. Uh, you've, I think you've said this earlier on on the podcast, but I, I will ask again. Um, are you confident, so football-wise and business-wise, uh, that come the end of the season, that Scunthorpe United are going to be okay, we are going to be a football league club, and you know, I guess are going to still exist? And then, obviously, we know you're going to Humberside as well tomorrow, but do you have one concluding message you want you want to give to the fans who've listened to this today? Yeah, listen, you can you can listen to, to, to many rumours. You can listen to many things in the press which are completely untrue. When, when I talk on the radio or on the podcast, I tell you as it is. Sometimes you don't want to hear that as fans. You don't. But generally, I, I believe that I have to tell you the truth and that's all I've done. Um, as I've said, We've supported this club as a family. So me personally, I've done nothing but push forward and um, you know want to make the club as successful as I can. Um, we are sound. Um, we're on a good footing. Um, and yeah, we're, we're not going to come out of business. Um, I can't promise everything on the pitch because that is out of my hands. But off the pitch, um, we'll be okay. Um, and I'll make whatever decisions I have to, to, to make sure we get to that position. Please, thank you very much. We do genuinely appreciate you coming on and talking to the fans through us. Uh, best of luck with everything. Uh, thank you very much for listening to cool. this and we'll see you on the next one. That's great. Thanks very much. Mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.